and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? I'm Happy good, Monday. Happy Monday. Well, happy's relative, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, <laughs> salutations on this Monday. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Melancholy Monday? <laughs> well, I, I am a sleepy, sleepy boy today. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long weekend. It was a long weekend, but it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. I I enjoyed some uh, some family time. Palm Sunday was very nice. I'm sure Passover was very nice for uh, for you and for the listeners to celebrate. And uh, yeah, gearing up to Easter, baby. Yep, it's whole great. week. I'm, I'm running on. All I had for breakfast was matzah and matzah with butter on it. So, well, I see no problem with that because matzah is very delicious. I don't know. I wouldn't say delicious. It doesn't really have a taste. It's not awful. No, it's not awful. It's not It's not unbearable to the point where you're spitting it out. You could definitely have matzah and say, okay, this is not terrible. It's true. Um, one thing that's really good is it's part of the Seder. It's called Hiroset. Yes. Yes, so, I have had that. So good. Yes. Where Very it's good. Apple nuts cinnamon oh and a little bit of wine uh in there it's 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 great my mom got a recipe from one of her friends from work and uh it's very nice it was, it was very good well i get to uh, i get to break lent on friday and i will be friday night i will be drinking white tequila and it's going to be a wonderful time for all parties involved well that sounds great i i haven't I haven't been drinking. Right. Diet plus Lent equals abstinence. I'm sure your tolerance is at an all-time low. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And the way I'm going to get back on is with tequila. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Yeah, it's a it's a curve. I, I see no issue that is about to happen here. In the same way that a uh, a skate ramp, like a ramp that uh, goes up, that goes <laughs> like the face of the Iger, where it's like it's a ramp and then it just cut and it just comes back. A loop de yeah. loop. A loop de loop. No, well, it's not like a loop de loop, but yeah. Well, we're not, you're not talking about a half pipe. No. You're talking about the loop de loop. It's like a loop de loop, but it's not, it doesn't go all the way. It's not full. It's not I a full loop de loop. I see. Yeah. But anyway, wow, you're, bring, you're bringing you back to the days of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. What a great game. What a phenomenal game. I'm so happy. People always talk about the first two. Nobody gives any love to four. And, you know, it's nice to have somebody else that can For, appreciate Now. Okay. Now. 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 This is where our friendship is going to be tested here. Our I feel like you say time. that every, at least once a month. Well, because there are certain questions that arise that need answering. Okay. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. Your char- your go-to character is blank. My go-to character. I think I usually well didn't wasn't there like a creative character? There was there? a creative character, yes. I either used like the person I made or I probably used like Bam Margera because he had a cool name. <laughs> yeah, you and Matt are the same because Matt uses Bam. Not me though. Not me though. But like I was never really huge into skating. I just got the game because it was 
it was fun. Like I'm not, I wasn't big into the culture. Yes. Yes. I mean, but anytime you could, uh, you could just play something and uh, kill some hours. It it was a great time. My character was Jamie Thomas. Gotcha. Because any, anybody who has the American flag grind, that's, that's my kind of guy. But yes, it was a phenomenal game. And I want you to know that if you had said Tony Hawk, I was hanging up. <laughs> That's funny. So you passed the test, Adam. Congratulations. Great. Anyway, so we're talking about the NFC North today, of course. And <laughs> my children. Yeah. Oh, God. How? What's the over-under on how long our segment on the Chicago Bears is going to be? Like five seconds. Uh, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, team is a mess. But before that, we can talk about, let's talk about the big news over the weekend. It happened on Sunday. 17 games. We have reached 17 games. 18 weeks or 18 weeks. 17 games. I hate it. To all the people who have said we should not have week 17 championships, and I've said, go tell your commissioners to get rid of your week 17 championships. Stick to your week 17 championships now. (laughs) Now we have to say no week 18 championships. No week 18 championships. No, 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 no. Week 17 championships, they are the move. The people that were playing week 17 championships in the past, they were ahead of everybody else. That's some galaxy brain, four-dimensional chess. They were they were truly, and in, in, I'm going to bring back, I'm going to do a little uh, throwback here. They were definitely in the hot tub time machine on that one. They were in the hot tub time machine on that one. One of the, one of the best off-the-rails discussions that we've ever had was bringing up the hot tub time machine and going and talking about the Godfather. Somehow that mixed. I have no fucking idea how. One of the most brilliant segments we've ever done. It wasn't even on this show. Ironically, it was also an end of the season. Kind of, it was like right at the end of the season. Uh, yeah. Podcast that we were doing. Wasn't it? It was like week 16 or something. I was going to say, wasn't it around like Thanksgiving? It was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I thought it was like around Thanksgiving. We were going to go on Thanksgiving break. And we were just like, oh, yeah, we just want to get this done. I think it was uh, either either way. It was like we we it was like our second episode that day, that day, our yeah. second episode. Yep. And we were just like, fuck this. Yeah, because we were doing we had to do the preview of the Thanksgiving games and then we had to preview the weekend games. I remember. I yes, I remember that. Either way, it was it was a great time. I will listen to that episode again. Oh yeah, me too. I have from to time to time I do it. listen to it. It's it's great. Oh, it, it'll it'll bring tears of joy to my eye. I'm sure. I'm sure it's on my hard drive somewhere. But anyway, I don't know about you. This might sound controversial to somebody that you know, kind of either makes a living on or just is very invested in football. I'm just not a fan of having 17 games where you have, I think 16, 16 was like just the perfect, they had the perfect formula at 16. It was the perfect length where it was just enough where the entire league didn't just drop dead 
by week 14. And um, you have a situation and like even the schedule itself, you have a great schedule where you have your six division games, you play another division in your conference, that's four games there. And then you play the equivalent place, place team of the other two divisions in your conference. And then you play your NFC or AFC equivalent, uh, whatever division you're playing in the other conference. And that adds up to 16 and that's fine. But now you have this awkward, like 17, 17, 17th game just hanging there where it's like the team, it's the team that you played two years ago and it rotates kind of like it's the, the division, the NFC division or the AFC division, whatever the equivalent is uh, that you played two years ago. And it, and it's based on where you placed and it rotates like the other uh, non-conference games. So basically in 2021, the New York Jets will be fate will be getting another chance to finally get a win against the Philadelphia Eagles. Cause that is ridiculous that that has not happened. And the Dallas Cowboys are playing the New England Patriots. Whoopee. Yeah. Stephon Gilmore gets to audition for the Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, a lot of the players hate it. But I think for for fantasy, I mean, listen, who's complaining about having one more week for fantasy? For fantasy, yes, it's great because, you know, you get another week. You get, a, you get to extend the season, get more people a chance to, to rack up the points to get to the playoffs. For sure. And, you know, more content for us to talk about. But absolutely. It's what it's one more week of the schedule. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like it just doesn't it's not like it doesn't make any sense. It makes sense from a business perspective. Yeah, sure. But I mean, from an actual league perspective, I just don't see it. It's it's weird. They're the only league now that has an uneven number of games. Yeah. Hey, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. Teams cannot go 500. You cannot go 500 now in the NFL. You cannot. Well, well, you can tie. <laughs> eight, eight, and one is eight, the, eight, and one is the true 500. That is the true 500. It's a lot harder. That's the benchmark. You know who's really mourning about this? Jason, Jason Garrett. Garrett. He he, he he is in tears that when he gets hired to be head coach of the Giants, when Joe Judge is fired, that he won't be able to take the Giants to be eight and eight to be that that to be a wonderful season. You have to be eight and nine. <laughs> yeah, eight and nine or nine and eight. Not good enough. We it need just, a tie. <laughs> it just feels weird. Yeah. It does. It does feel weird. It's gonna take time to adjust, but at least you know it's another week. It's another week of fantasy. That's kind of the way I look at it, and I have no problem with it, personally. I mean, sure. It's like you know, you 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 cut out a preseason game, which is good. Every people hate preseason. True. And Very true. Although the preseason is valuable, we need at least two preseason games. Yeah. To have an actually 
competent opening opening uh, salvo of the week or opening salvo of the season. Now, I'll be the first one to admit I looked a little bit into it. I didn't I didn't look as much into it as you did. Clearly, um, is the plan now that they're going to move the start of the season back? I don't think they're going to. Do, I think they're moving the Super Bowl back. Okay, so then the first week of the season would still be the first week of September. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is if I'm looking at my calendar. Yeah, it's the second the second Sunday in February will be the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which oh, is the, okay. Which is the 13th. Okay. Yeah. So everything gets pushed back a week. That's kind of like how they did it last year. Yeah. Or I mean, or I mean, not last year, but like when they made basically back in the day when there was only 14 games and Joe Namath was the only uh, quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards. Uh, this the guy's su- going to hold his hat on that one, isn't he? The Super Bowl was in January. It was in yep. late January or early January, even when it was just like you just played in your in your league championship, and then the two league champions um, faced in the, off in the Super Bowl. It was like how baseball did it. But now, as they keep adding games, adding playoffs, adding wild cards, stuff like that, uh, the league kind of gets kind of gets moved back. Which honestly is good in the sense that after the Super Bowl, there's just like this in a normal season, in a normal, in a normal landscape of sports, there's like nothing between February and uh, the beginning, the beginning of March Madness. Ain't that the truth? Like nothing interesting anyway, because like you, you have basketball, you have hockey, um, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training, but like nothing like super important or as high impact as the Super Bowl. True. Very true. Um, I was wondering just how players are going to get paid for, for this, like how that's going to work. If they're going to get another, it just another an game extra check, week. another game check. That's equivalent. Yeah. It's another game check. Yeah. It, it would be the same. If it was a 17 game season, they'd be paid. They'd be paid the same for 16 games. Now they're getting paid for 17. Right. So and like how that might affect the salary cap and stuff like that. Well, I think they, you know the contract is the contract. So whatever the whatever the term is, they're just being paid for one extra game. So it might yeah. be it, it potentially could be less less a game check because you're playing more games. But you still get the same salary. We still get the same salary at the end of the day, yeah. All right, so but I mean, happy days, happy days. Fantasy gets uh, gets one more week to uh, to show itself. We get week seventeen championships now. After we spent the uh, the better part of the last two years talking about week seventeen championships, and how damning they are. Yeah, I. This is just the world we live in now. Amen. All to right, that. enough of the uh, the seventeen game schedule. Let's talk about the huge trade. It happened over this weekend. Was it over the weekend? It was on Friday. It, w- it was huge, though. It was gigantic. The San Francisco 49ers traded up to the third overall pick with the Miami Dolphins. Do you have the full 
kind of uh, the full trade package? It was. If my internet wants to work, it was the Miami Dolphins are getting number six and multiple first round picks. What? Hold on. Then, uh, okay, so I guess we're gonna do we're gonna do the equivalent. I thought we were just gonna do the first trade and then the second trade. Well, okay, so Miami Miami then traded down to to twelve. It was the number three pick to the 49ers for the number twelve and future picks, including multiple firsts. A first and a third in twenty twenty two and a first round yes. pick in twenty twenty three. Correct. Then then Miami traded the number twelve pick to Philadelphia along with number 123 and their 2022 first for number six at number 156. So it's two firsts and a middle round pick to move from 12 to six. And the Eagles blew back and they get a future first round pick out of it. Uh, this sends some shock waves. Yeah. With the uh, NFL. I think it, this is, as much a statement of intentions as anything we've seen in this off season, really, aside from like the Patriots big spending spree, the, it seems that the 49ers are looking to draft a quarterback with this. Jimmy Garoppolo could be on the move, should be on the move. Should be. Um, the Dolphins are comfortable with Tua and the Eagles are sticking with Jalen Hurts. Pretty much. Yeah. And the Dolphins are, you know, really trying to expedite this rebuild. While at the same time accumulating more picks to add to the stockpile. A, yeah, a crazy amount of draft capital. And I, they, turn, they turn Larry Tunsil into four first round picks. I know. It's a modern day Her- unbelievable business. Modern day Herschel Walker trade, let me tell you. Could be. Could be in there in your division. Uh, fuck. Hey, maybe someone, maybe someone will want Makai Becton, and maybe you, uh, you trade Makai Becton for two first. But I don't want to trade Makai Becton. He's great. Well, all good things must come to an end, Adam. No. Maybe someone will trade. Maybe someone will give up two first round picks for Quinn Williams. They could. They could. Or three. Or four. So you want to hear what I've heard about these picks? Sure. Philadelphia, nobody knows what the hell they're doing. There's some belief that they think that there's the potential that they could get a receiver where they are. They also need defensive help. So that could be an area that they go. There's also talk that maybe they could look at Kyle Pitts if he falls to them. I doubt it personally. That would be the worst possible draft pick. If they draft Kyle Pitts. That would just be stupid. Ungodly stupid. Um, As for the Dolphins, they're putting themselves in a position where they can either go two directions. They can go offensive line or they can continue to get pass catchers and weapons for Tua. 
that could be a prime opportunity for one of the receivers to go off the board. Well, that's weird. That's kind of funny because they just traded up with the Eagles and they're, they might end up fucking over the Eagles by picking like Jamar Chase or, or even Devontae, Devontae Smith if he falls or Jalen Waddle, depending on if they, if they see one of those guys being a slot receiver with Parker and Fuller. Uh, there already you, you get one more receiver there and you have Gasicki there and you're telling me the pass catchers would then be Devonte Parker, Will Fuller say it's uh, Jamar chase and then Mike Gasicki. That's a really good group of pass catchers for Miami. They were really good. Yeah. The problem, the problem is, is that, you know, it's, it's Tua. I would not be surprised if they decide to bring in Jalen Waddle for Tua. That wouldn't shock me. No, it wouldn't shock me either. You know, the whole uh, Alabama connection. Yeah. It's funny because the Eagles were like, oh, sweet. The Eagles really did really well in this trade, actually. Yeah, get a future first round pick out of it when they are going to be doing a little retooling. I don't know if I would say rebuild, but retooling. And they technically traded up in the second round or third round. Third round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, good for them. Good for them. And then for, for the 49ers, this is like the, uh, wow. Oh dear. It's from Adam Schefter. It's breaking news. Okay. The New York, the New Jets. York, the New York Jets. Oh my God. No way. Are open to keeping Sam Darnold. And drafting a quarterback at number two. But why? Adam Castor, your thoughts on the situation, please. But why? I saw I saw this from Jeremy from uh, Jeremy Fowler, but oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Adam looks, Adam looks absolutely distraught. As for the San Francisco 49ers, I expect this to be a quarterback. I really do. Now, the question is, which one? Is it going to be Fields? Will it be Lance? The only other avenue that I could see the Niners going for is offensive line. If they want to go with Penny Sewell and move him in at guard, that would really help them. Or maybe they go completely off the board and draft a corner. That would be the only plausible thing that I could see the 49ers doing at number three. So uh, yeah, that's about all I know. Now let's check in on Adam Castor and see how he is coping with all of this news. Hi, Adam. Uh, okay. how, how are you coping with this, with this, uh, this Greek tragedy that is unfolding, which we have seen time and time again because of the New York Jets. Your thoughts, well, he, please. Here's the thing. Uh, that sound I hear in the distance is actually Jake screaming. And, <laughs> and uh, basically, you know, like Kylo Ren, where he is like destroying the entire room. That's 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 what Jake's doing right now. He just he tweeted from his podcast account, uh, just an ellipses. He retweet he quote tweeted uh, Jeremy Fowler's thing about uh, you know just potentially keeping Sam and drafting a quarterback at two. He just tweeted ellipses uh and honestly i don't know i like zach wilson i think zach wilson would be a great pick 
a great pick for the Jets. But he didn't say that's what's happening. He just said it's not off the table. Let's not overreact here. It's not breaking news. These are people, these, are, these people are just like us. You know why, Bird? Why? They're fishing for content. Ooh. So you think this is fake news? I don't think it's fake news. I think it's speculation. Speculation. Okay. I'm sure the Jets are weighing the option of doing that. But that doesn't mean they're going to do it. I'm sure they're weighing everything. Yeah, that's what do you you're not going to just immediately throw an option out of the out, out the window. But this is being generated for attention and clicks and hot takes and stuff like that. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll say that. Adam is not buying into this into this slander with this football team. I'm desperately afraid that my co-host is bound to be hurt again by the New York Jets. That's probably true. I <laughs> as they are just in this constant pattern of cycling old habits. Old habits do tend to die hard in New York Jets land. Yeah, this this would never happen. I don't think it's going to happen. We will see. I don't believe. I don't think it's going to happen until it happens. We will see. You want to? Do you want to start talking about the NFC North? Let's talk about the NFC North. And oh boy, we have to start off with the Bears. But the first one's up. Oh shit! It is alphabetical order. Oh great! Ain't that lovely? The Bears, who started four and one. And finished four and one, weirdly enough. But they didn't really, but sandwiched between those is, you know, they actually started six and one. And I then remember they finished, we were talking about the Bears as the most phony six and one team of all time. Yeah, they started six and one, they finished four and one, and sandwiched in between those was a six game losing streak. Yeah. But they made the playoffs. But they made the playoffs. But honestly, they probably shouldn't have. No. No. But then again, someone from the NFC East made the playoffs too. So. Well, it's not like the Bears won the division. No, but they had a better record than the team that won the NFC East. That is true. So. Yeah. But anyway, the Bears, I just don't know what what the plan is. There is no plan. Did you, um, and I'll, I'll try and say this in the most PG way possible, but did you hear the story over the weekend? It relates to the Bears. I'm not going off on a tangent. Where Jay Ratliff, former Cowboys and Bears defensive tackle. I didn't know Jay Ratliff played for the Bears. He did. He... <sighs> I'm trying to say I'm trying to say this in not a way it's like controversial or anything, but he basically went on a um, he basically had said that when the Bears cut him, or the story is that when the Bears cut Jay Ratliff, Jay Ratliff went back into the Bears facility 
and basically threatened to kill Ryan Pace and wished death on people who worked for the Bears as children and proclaimed that he is the devil. Okay. Yeah. I did not hear about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look it up. It's a... um, it's a doozy of a story, but the bottom line is Ryan Pace might be the worst general manager in the National Football League, and we have Jerry Jones, who is still a general manager. Yeah, that's that's saying. Well, you know, Mike McCadden got fired. Since then, it was at least, Mike, at least Mike McCadden got fired. Yeah, I don't know how Ryan Pace still has a job. Ryan if Pace he, has been there for a long time. If he's if he was there when Jay Ratliff was there, yeah, then he's been there for a while. He's been there for a long time. Yeah. And he's got, he has to be the worst quarterback evaluator like ever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just look at his list. Trubisky over Deshaun and Mahomes. He I traded hate, up. To, hate to beat that one down. Sorry, Chicago Bears correspondent Benny Gable. Great he guy. Up. We love I can, I can hear Benny crying in the background, but me too. Andy Dalton, Nick Foles. Um, Chase Daniel, that was another great one. Signing, signing Chase Daniel to a multi-year Jay, deal. Signing Jay Cutler to that gigantic contract. Jay Cutler as well, yeah. Like, when is it going to end? For Although Jay Cutler has most of the Bears passing records, which is kind of sad. Well, the Chicago Bears is the only team that doesn't have a fourth, has not had uh, a 4,000-yard passer. Actually, oh, in the 16, well, in the 16-game era, yes. In the 16-game era, yes. Okay, the Jets also don't have one in the 16-game era. Are you sure about that? I'm very sure. Ryan Fitzpatrick was really close, but he didn't. He didn't get. He didn't get there. Interesting. Well, the Bears. The Bears. I don't think the Bears have had one. Period. <laughs> it's. I think it's more impressive that the Jets' 4,000-yard passer was Joe Namath. In it was Joe during, Namath? Yeah. During a 14-game season, when you were allowed to literally murder receivers. <laughs> So the Chicago Bears do not have a 4,000-yard passer. Period? Period. The closest was Eric Kramer in 1995 with, wow, this Adam, you're going to love this number. Okay. 3,838 yards. Oh, my God. That is just terrifying. That's... That is an that is an Adam number. It's very specific. Well, you know what? You know how close Ryan Fitzpatrick was to having uh, four thousand yards. He was closer than that. Three thousand nine hundred ninety-seven. No, three hundred three thousand nine hundred five. Sheesh. He also has the uh, touchdown. He's the passing touchdown record too. Single season passing. Yeah, touchdown. yeah. The Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears have never had a four thousand yard a four thousand yard passer. Eric Kramer, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler had three thousand eight hundred twelve, three thousand six hundred sixty six. Jesus, three thousand six hundred fifty nine, three thousand two hundred and seventy four. Jay Cutler in the in the 
place of all-time passing seasons for the Chicago Bears, he's in the top five four different times. Wow. Two, three, four, five. All belong to Jay Cutler. That's crazy. I mean, Jay Cutler is just he's such a great guy. I wouldn't say great, but I how can you not like Jay Cutler? Oh, let me count the ways. <laughs> Please share. He's just I mean, he's did you see him? He played for the Dolphins, first of all. He's friends with Adam Gaze. That's a, that's a big one for me. Why does it shock? Why does it not shock me that Jay Cutler is friends with Adam Gaze? The two most vanilla individuals of all time. I was going to say two of the most reviled people in the, in the NFL. Why is Jay Cutler reviled? I love him. He's very low effort. He doesn't, he doesn't try hard. Please. <laughs> Have you seen his Instagram? It is a, it is a beautiful, it, it, it's art. Him out, him out naked on his balcony. That's like a Mona Lisa. Only I know which one is better looking. Hint, it's not the Mona Lisa. Oh my gosh. I, I just can't with this. I'm just, listen. The man is an artiste. As you're going on your little spiel, I've been looking at the 2015 Jets and just crying because this team should have made the playoffs. The man is an artiste. Ryan Fitzpatrick passed for 3,905 yards and 31 touchdowns. Chris Ivory ran for 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Brandon Marshall had 1,500 yards receiving and 14 touchdowns. And Eric Decker had 1,027 yards and 12 touchdowns. That is nonsense. And this team did not make the playoffs. It's Fitzmagic. It's tragic. Goes there, goes there for a short time, for a good time, not a long time. Mo Wilkerson had 12 sacks that year. Sheesh. Where he at, Mo Wilkerson? Will the real Mo Wilkerson please stand up? Um, How do we get so far off the beaten path for the Chicago Bears? I don't know. Um, All right, I'll steer, I'll steer us back on the, uh, the straight and narrow. Andy Dalton, you are not drafting anywhere. How about that? That good enough for you, Adam? Yeah, that's good enough for me. I, I like that. I can Perfect. agree with that. He is a car crash. He is not on my football team anymore. We are all we are all aboard the Andy Dalton hate train. All aboard. Choo choo. Next. Speaking of car crashes, the running back situation for the Chicago Bears. Oh. God. You have Tariq Cohen. Yep. Good. David Not Montgomery. Well, good as in good, good complimentary piece to David Montgomery. Sure. Although David Montgomery did really well when Tariq Cohen was injured. Yes. And should and then, be the guy by himself. Yes. But Ryan Pace is like, well, you know. You know, this is here's a good asses and seats kind of move. Let's sign Super Bowl hero Damian Williams. A luxury good as a running back. That's a Matt Nagy signing. That's not a Ryan Pace. That's Matt Nagy. I guess so. Bring back his old palsy-wowsy from his time in Kansas City. 
Matt Nagy wasn't even there when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I know. That's what makes it even worse. Yeah. So it makes it even worse. He wants to bring in Patrick Mahomes as his running back. And just to kind of say, oh, look at me. We drafted a, we drafted the right Kansas City Chief. We have him. Damian Williams. I thought they were trying to. We stole one off the Chiefs. I thought they were trying to groom Ryan Nall as like the backup for David Montgomery. Nobody knows what the hell the Chicago Bears are doing, Adam. You're right. Nobody knows what the hell they are doing. That team is a dumpster fire. You're absolutely right. Damien Williams comes to town, and this is a dumpster fire. Benny is all sad that the Bears will be bad. But this is Chicago. My original song. That's pretty good. My original song about Chicago. Thank you very much. For coming up with that on the spot. That's pretty good. Thank you very much. Benny, I am so sorry. Me too. My my deepest condolences to not only Benny, but all Chicago Bears fans. My deepest condolences to my son, Alan Robinson, that he has to go through this absolute mess. Hopefully well, for- he gets traded soon. Yes. Before we talk about Allen Robinson, what does this mean for what does Damian Williams coming to the Bears mean for David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen? Uh, David Montgomery, I'm not drafting as a top 20 running back. Tariq Cohen, in deep PPR leagues, I guess he's okay. But if there's one guy I want in this backfield, it's still Montgomery, but he takes a huge hit. He takes a huge hit. And um, yeah, I'm not, I I won't be drafting him as a top 24 running back. Yeah. I don't know where he was before on fantasy pros, but he is, he's now at 20. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ranked him outside my top 20. I won't draft him as a top 24 though. I think I have him at 23. So I have him right on right on the cusp. I just I, I won't draft him as like who's the read out the guys that are 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25 on fantasy pros. I'd honestly, except for maybe actually no, yeah. I think I so uh 21 is Chris Carson. We'd rather have Chris Carson. Me too. 22 is Kareem Hunt. We'd rather have Montgomery. 23 is Melvin Gordon. Rather have Melvin rather, Gordon. Now I'd rather have Melvin Gordon. Easy. Since yeah, it's not close. Um, 24 is Chase Edmonds. If you can tell me that Edmonds is going to be the guy by himself and they don't have anybody else there, I'd rather have Edmonds. I mean, who are, what are they, do you think they're going to draft a guy? They could. They potentially could. And then uh, 25, I think I'd rather have Montgomery over him, but uh, 25 is Miles Gaskin. That's just disgusting. Yeah, I'd I'd rather have Montgomery. Yeah, I'd rather have Monk. I'd rather have Montgomery. Hunt Hunt for me is my twenty fourth running back. Mm-hmm. And Gaskin Gaskin, I don't even think I have in my top thirty. Yeah, I don't know why people are. I don't know why people are so like. 
high on Gaskin at this point. I don't know why I don't know why anybody wants to invest in a Miami Dolphin running back. Quite frankly, yeah, it's it's a mess. That's the one thing that Brian you you can take the man out of New England, but you can't take the New England out of the man. Facts, preach, preach to the congregation, Adam. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Jesus died for our sins and resurrected out of the cave just so he could say the monstrosity that is the Miami Dolphins running back room. And he could just go and say, my son, Brian Flores, next year, have three running backs. I will check on you then. Happy Easter, my son. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus came out of the cave, said, oh, nothing's changed, and then went back. Yep, (laughs) absolutely. And then he looks at the Houston Texans, and Jesus goes, Oh, y'all need me. Oh, I did. I did not die for this. I'm going to go slap Jack Easterby and come back. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. He needs to do seven Hail Marys at the very least. Yes. Anyway, um, that I, I agree with, with what you said about the running backs. It's just, it's just not a fun time. Um, the receivers, I mean, outside of Allen Robinson, I'm not touching anybody. Uh, in deep leagues, Darnell Mooney is okay. I think he's a, yeah, he's a nice little sleeper, but Allen Robinson's the main guy that you would want in this offense. And I don't know if you really want that with Andy Dalton. Um, it pained me, pained me considering I had Allen Robinson as a top seven receiver. I moved Allen Robinson out of my top 10. It absolutely pained me to do it, but I'm sorry. I, I, I can't with this team. If Allen Robinson gets dealt, depending on where he goes, I'll reassess Allen Robinson. But for now, he's not a top 10 receiver for me. And yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very painful experience for all parties involved because as we all know, he is my son and I love yes. him. But he needs to understand that he is now playing with, the kid who bullied me in high school's son is his quarterback. And I hate that guy. The guy who took my lunch money on the lunch line is now, his son is now the quarterback for Chicago, for the Chicago bears. Who's now throwing to my son and Allen Robinson. My son's success is dependent on the kid who took my lunch money, son. Fuck you, Andy Dalton. Are you keeping track at home? <laughs> Maybe. But I will say about Andy Dalton is the one thing that he has done, especially in Cincinnati, was he was able to produce some very solid fantasy receivers. A.J. Green, we all know his story. Tyler Boyd really broke out under Andy Dalton. And even last year in Dallas, Amari Cooper flew under the radar and had a quietly very, very good season. CeeDee Lamb as well had had some moments in his rookie year where he was very dependable. Perhaps Andy Dalton can do the same thing in Chicago with with Allen Robinson, but uh, it's it's a matter of I don't trust him. I don't trust the coaching staff. I don't trust the talent that's on that offense. I don't trust that team. That's like a four-way fruity concoction from hell. The thing is, you like Alan Ra- I mean, uh, 
Allen Robinson with Andy Dalton, you know, they can put up numbers together, but if they're not going to win games, Matt Nagy is like, well, you know, I have to save my job. We're going to, we're going to put in Nick Foles and see how that goes. And well, then, yes, that, uh, you know, I was about to say, you know, why would winning games matter for, uh, for fantasy? But you're, but you're right. You're a hundred percent right. I did. I, I didn't even think about that is if Andy Dalton stinks up the joint, and they're only tied down for a year, they could just say, all right, we'll pull you, we'll play Nick Foles. And we saw the Nick Foles experiment with Alan Robinson last year, and that was, oh, Jesus Christ. That was terrible. Yeah, I mean, if... if There's a period of time that we just choose not to look back on, quite frankly. The dark times. Yes. If, If Nick Foles comes in, it seems like Darnell Mooney is like on par with Alan Robinson in this offense. Whoa, 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 whoa. In, I in wouldn't Nick say Foles, that. In Nick Foles' eyes, that's how it seems. Oh, whoa, whoa. You're, you're saying that he wants – well, Nick Foles doesn't want to spread the ball out, and he had a great connection with Darnell Mooney. He did. So I would like Darnell Mooney if it's, if it's Nick Foles. If Nick Foles gets an opportunity, I would, I would like Darnell Mooney a lot. But you're not taking Darnell Mooney in the second, third round. Okay, let me just take Allen Robinson the second, third round. That's I'm aware. the major concern. I'm aware. Well, that that is the concern because you know John Mooney is improving, but at the expense of usage and volume for Allen Robinson. Yes, correct. But I I I still think Allen Robinson at the end of the day will be an 85, 90 catch guy, pending health. That's probably his floor. He'll get you probably six, seven touchdowns, and he'll be he'll be he'll be a thousand yard receiver. At, he is very, he's quarterback proof at the very worst. Oh, we've seen it before. I mean, look at the look at the quarterbacks that he's just produced with. He's produced with Blake Bortles, Mitchell Trubisky, and partially Nick Foles. Yep, which is a miracle in and of itself. The Blake Show. Put him put him with a with a great quarterback, and holy Christ! I know you put Allen Robinson with a great quarterback. Like you put you put Allen Robinson with a. You take Allen Robinson. You were, if you were to put him with like Zach Wilson, I would have said Allen Robinson would be like a top three receiver. Oh my God! Stop it. It's okay though. It's okay though. It's okay though. You don't need Allen Robinson anymore. You want to know why? We have Corey Davis. You have Corey Davis, <laughs> the best receiver in the National Football League. Corey Davis, and my son, love him, great guy. Yeah, I mean Allen Robinson. With Blake Bortles at quarterback, uh, with one of the worst—I mean, one of the worst Jacksonville teams ever. Yeah, in 2015, he had 1,400 yards on the button and 14 touchdowns. One of the worst Jacksonville teams ever until last year. Until last year. Until <laughs> last year's shit show. This is your worst team ever so far. So far, yes. You you don't know what's coming. But at least they're at least they're getting Trevor. Hey, you know what? Who cares? Oh, I'm mad. I much really wanted Trevor Lawrence. Really Honestly, at this point, Trevor to come to New York and save the Jets. If you would listen, if you listen to the show that we did after the Jets beat the Rams, I was like, okay, great, the Jets won a game. I don't care. I, yes, I, I, I will recall that you were probably the only Jets fan on the planet 
that wanted them to win a game. <laughs> like, just don't just win one game. I don't care at this point. Just win a game. We're terrible. <laughs> the only person on the planet that wanted the Jets to win a game. And they win two. <laughs> they win two. Oh, the New York Jets. I love them. I love them. Hey, hey remember when the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Colts week one? That was a yeah. fun time for all and parties We all thought involved. the Colts were going to be terrible, and then they ended up uh, going to the playoffs. And Naeem Hines had three touchdowns? Yeah. Don't take too much stock in week one. No. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, tight ends for the Bears? Tight ends for the Bears. Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. I love one of them, and I hate the other. I wonder okay, which take, one. Take a guess. Is it D? You like deep sleeper Cole Komet? Adam. You need to have more emphasis. Sorry. When you say those two magic words. Sorry. Do you like deep sleeper Cole Komet? Cole Komet is a deep sleeper. Yes. Yes, I love Cole. I love Cole Komet because okay. Andy Dalton had the tendency to really want to incorporate those tight ends into the offense last year. Dalton Schultz was great with Andy Dalton, and Cole Komet, he just he just has breakout written all over him, doesn't he? Especially this Bears team is going to be terrible, which they just might be. Then holy shit, holy shit, Cole Komet could be one of those late round tight ends that just breaks the glass ceiling. So, yeah, I, I, I love him. Absolutely love him. Jimmy Graham, not so much. He's the uh, he's kind of the, the, the thorn in the Colt Komet bandwagon side. He's the uh, he's the, uh, the the metal spikes in the middle of the road on the uh, the Colt Komet runaway uh, Bronco, so to speak. Okay. It, it's an OJ reference. I know. That's why, yeah. We love OJ. Great guy. Love him. Hero icon. I have, his jer- I have his jersey in my closet, too. Alleged great guy. Disturbing. You take that back. You apologize to OJ. I, I probably should, actually. <laughs> you probably should, for the sake of your well-being, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I like Ultimate a lot, and I think I'll be drafting him as one of those late round tight ends, I think has immense upside along with like Irv Smith in that same sort of, uh, that same sort of group. And by the way, I don't know if you've realized, but uh, one of our favorite late round tight ends, Logan Thomas is now being drafted as a top nine tight end. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's like insane. He's ranked eight on fantasy pros. Eight, eight. Oh, my on. Jesus Christ. He is ranked ahead of Robert Tunyon, Mike Gesicki, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, John Smith, Hayden Hurst, and Irv Smith Jr. Jeez. And here's how you know we're living in an alternate timeline. Logan Thomas is eight. Zach Ertz is all the way down at 16. Well, I hope he gets traded to the Colts. Or at least cut and he can sign with the Colts. We're living in the dark in the darkest of timelines. 
Jalen Zacherts is back to fantasy prominence, and he could be another tight end that's drafted. Sadly, we're not drafting bottom-of-the-barrel tight ends when we're deciding to take our first tight end in round 13, round 14. There you go. Hopefully. Hopefully, free, free Zacherts. That's all. That's free all Zacherts 2021. Damn straight. Let's move on to Detroit. Oh, boy. Another one. Yikes. This whole this whole team is a big yikes. What do you do when you lose your top your top two receivers and all you and all you have left is a mediocre quarterback, a solid running back, and a really, really, really good tight end? Uh it says to me that you're gonna draft a wide receiver. Yeah. Well that especially that's what that says to me i mean i'm just looking on my overall ranks i'm trying to see who my highest ranked detroit lions tight end is i think it might be brashad perryman you mean wait hold on your your highest ranked tight end is brashad perryman wide receiver wide receiver excuse me i was about to i thought you were like doing a gag i was like i wonder who my highest ranked tight end is is it oh, no, 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 no. TJ Hawkinson? <laughs> no, I have it. Yeah, it's Brashad Perryman. Then I have Tyro Williams. And then I have, I think it might be Quintez Cephas somewhere. I, I believe that's the one. Bottom line, it is a, uh, it, 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 it's a disgrace. Oh, yeah, it's real bad. It is, I mean, it is an absolute disgrace. It just seems like they're going to just run the ball all the time. Well, did you see Did you see um, former Detroit Lions receiver Mohamed Sanu signed a one-year deal with the 49ers? I did see that. Back with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. And the perfect replacement for Debo Samuel to get him out of my life for good. Right. But – so the Detroit Lions, of course, they traded for Jarek Goff. And they did get two first-round picks, which yep. is good. Very good. Um, and they signed Jamal Williams in free agency, which just means so much, so many bad things for your son, your other son, your redheaded stepchild. Yeah, the redheaded, step, the redheaded stepchild is, um, yeah, not doing so good right now. And they let Kenny Galladay – and Marvin Jones walk in free agency to sign with other teams. And it's and they signed Brashad Perryman. Listen, Brashad Perryman was okay. Probably pretty. I mean, he just wasn't like awful, awful with the Jets. No. He caught, he caught a couple deep touchdowns. But at this point in his career, he's just like a – he's a very much flash-in-the-pan kind of receiver. He doesn't give you consistent consistent value at this point. No, no, definitely not. And um, you know, if you're in a deep, deep, deep league, you're taking a flyer on Perryman. But as for Goff, he's like a two quarterback league kind of guy. I have him as my quarterback twenty six. So you're not drafting him in one quarterback leagues. There's just no way. No shot. Yeah, he's basically one of those 
until proven otherwise, he's terrible. Correct. And do not touch him. Right. But yeah, the running back situation, I like it because with the lack of receivers, you're going to see more targets for, for DeAndre Swift in the backfield. Um, I mean, DeAndre Swift is just, is really the guy that you're, th- that you're looking at almost exclusively here. Um, I don't know how Dan Campbell is going to use Jamal Williams. Um, I assume that it's not going to be like a committee committee, but I think maybe it'll be like how it was with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, where, you know, Jamal Williams would come in for a couple of drives or a couple of series. And then that's kind of it. He's, and if uh, DeAndre Swift gets hurt, then you have a, a serviceable backup. I think it's going to be more even than that, believe it or not. I think in terms of the short yardage guy, I think it's probably going to be Jamal Williams. Um, anything, you know, first and 10, second and medium, it'll probably be DeAndre Swift. It'll be interesting to see what Detroit does at the goal line because they could give some of that goal line work to Jamal Williams and what that would do for DeAndre Swift's fantasy value. It would, it would really hurt it a lot if he's not getting those one, two-yard touchdowns and they decide to get it to Jamal Williams. I would say if you are drafting DeAndre Swift, you need to draft Jamal Williams. You you need to. He's just he's that guy that you need to make sure that you have in case something happens to DeAndre Swift or just in case Jamal Williams is that big-time touchdown guy, you have that Lions backfield and the touchdowns that will go there on your roster because, you know, to have DeAndre Swift and then realize that they're going to Jamal Williams on the goal line, that's the equivalent of getting caught with your pants down on the launch line. Exactly. And we at the Base Talk Podcast Fantasy Show do not promote getting caught with your pants down on the launch line. Yeah, I think the real thing is, the, the good thing about this is that Jamal Williams, people aren't really going to be picking up Jamal Williams unless they have DeAndre Swift. So I don't know. I know people that like him. I know people that really, really, really like him. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. But seriously, though, you got to prioritize you getting your handcuffs in order. Correct. Have to. Have to, have to, have to. Uh, we already talked about receiver, kind of, and how receiver is just like, yep, you know, Don't need to go into it. We can uh, we could talk about it more after the draft when the Lions draft a receiver. Yep, and uh, T.J. Hawkinson is incredible. Yep, yeah, you're drafting T.J. Hawkinson as top as a top five tight end, um, and you should expect a really, really, really good year from Hawkinson. All right, we now go a little west to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Just a tiny, just a tiny bit west. Go pack. Goal. And, oh boy, this Packers team, you know, it's actually, I don't know. It's kind of, I think the Packers, I mean, the it's the Packers and the Vikings. They're going to be going head to head for, for the division lead at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the Packers, not really much has changed. Nope. No, not much yeah. has changed at all. 
it's you know it's still Aaron Rodgers. You have Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones came back. Yep. Uh, now it's just it's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. That's going to be the committee instead of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Uh, Devontae Adams is still great, so no need to kind of beat the dead horse on that one. And Robert Tunyon's a serviceable tight end. Yep, Aaron Rodgers is a top eight quarterback. You're going to draft him as such. Aaron Jones is – he's one of those guys that I never tend to look at when I'm on the clock in drafts, but he just consistently performs, consistently is just popping off when need be. And, you know, I know, I know I'm not the biggest Aaron Jones fan in the world, but credit where credit is due. I mean, this is, this is a guy that's consistently delivered for fantasy. So uh, definitely if he's available in the early to mid second, I think he's a great complimentary option to the running back that you take in the first round. Or if you go receiver in the first round, you're looking to start your running back group with someone. I think Aaron Jones is a great option to start your running back group with. As for Devontae Adams, you know what you're getting there. You 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 just know what you're getting with Devontae Adams, and you're going to draft him as the number one or number two receiver off the board in your drafts. I will say, however, and this is uh, this is something that I found particularly interesting. I've found that I was do I was doing a couple of live mocks over the weekend, and I noticed that the majority of people were really really settling on running back early on. That the first six or seven picks in the majority of mock drafts were in fact running backs. So you could, and if you're in the back of the draft. You could realistically get Devontae Adams. You yeah. could. I think we kind of figured this out when we did our mocks where a lot of people where we, and even when we were talking about uh, running backs, where it was the running back position has been, is incredibly thin mm-hmm. and people want to invest in that early and get there and get their guy. And receiver is so deep, is probably deeper than it's ever been as a position where people can can wait for a receiver and get really good value. Yep. Later Absolutely. in the draft. So you're gonna be seeing that. Let that be indicative of fan of like the the new fantasy fo- football paradigm, which is actually the old fantasy football paradigm of drafting running backs early. Yeah. Running backs are gonna fly off the board early. In, in your drafts, I think it is oh so important that you get your hands on solid, solid, solid running back options this year. I mean, you you, you have to. Otherwise, you're going to be left literally with your pants down. Yep. And do not be left with your pants down. That's correct. We do not condone people being left with their pants down. No. No, we, we most certainly do not. And I was I was drafting over the weekend. I was trying to draft from the eight just to kind of see what I'd be looking at for one league where I have the eight pick already. And I did not get Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor. And it's like, okay, well, if I don't get Eckler and Taylor, I'm warning Chubb or I'm warning Aaron Jones. One or the other. Yeah. One thing to note about Devontae Adams 
Uh, we definitely talked about this, but he hasn't played 16 games in the past four years. Nope. Uh, the most he's played is 15, and that was in 2018. Yep, when he won me a championship along with Aaron Rodgers against the New York Jets in week 16. Uh, that game was that game was incredible. The game smelled. That game was incredible. I had that. I had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams going off against the Jets. I had Antonio Brown going off against the Saints. And then I had David Johnson going off against I forget who. Where I was playing a fifteen a fifteen and 0 team in the championship. And I put up 187 points. And I that won a championship. Sam, that was Sam Darnold's peak. Uh, it was peaks. I was I was peak Sam Darnold. Anyway, that was Sam Darnold was riding on the potential of the those last couple of weeks where he he played against the Texans and did really well uh, yeah. around Christmas, and then he lost an overtime thriller to the Packers, where you know the refs just like, oh, pass interference. What's that? I've never seen this before. Pass interference. What? What is this? All the referees were cosplaying as Tim Peel that day. <laughs> Jesus. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Now we go to Robert Tunyon. Yes. Love him. I'll just love yeah. him, love him, love him, love him. Yeah. I was gonna say before, just be just be mindful that Devontae Adams is you're gonna you have to prepare for the fact that Devontae Adams is probably gonna miss a couple games. Yep. Yep, I think it's fair. So yeah. Tunyon. So, but yeah, Tunyon is amazing. I love Tunyon's him. Great. I love him. Draft him, draft him everywhere you possibly can. He it's crazy that he's ranked on fantasy pros. I don't know how I mean, maybe they haven't updated it yet, but it's crazy that Robert Tunyon is being ranked uh below Logan Thomas. In the in, I, I would I would rather have Tunyon. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, you get a more you get more consistency at quarterback and you get a better quarterback. A better yeah. quarterback in Washington could probably draft. True. Uh, considering the position that they were in, that they're in. Anyway, God, I just saw a picture of Xavier Woods on the Vikings front page on ESPN, and he was sacking a Giants quarterback. Could have sworn that was an old picture, and it was with Eli Manning, but it was Daniel Jones. <laughs> they look the same. I was like, wow, they Xavier Woods has been around for a while. Is that Eli Manning? But no, it's Daniel Jones. It's that guy. It's that guy, DJ. That guy, Danny Dimes. Anyway, the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, with the Minnesota Vikings, um, Dalvin Cook. You have Dalvin Cook. He's great. He's the guy there as far as running backs are concerned. Are you really looking at Kirk Cousins, though, at quarterback? Two quarterback leagues you can, and then deep, deep one quarterback leagues, yes. Yeah. He's like a top, he's like a, he's a middle of the road QB too. I'll tell you who I do like, besides, you know, Dalvin Cook, the receiving core for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why Adam Thielen is not even a top 20 receiver for some people. I, I don't quite frankly understand that. Are people putting too much weight in Justin Jefferson's production that he, yep. they're, they're going to think that he's going to get so much of the ball that it's going to render Adam Thielen irrelevant? Yep. 
Not me. But it's not, it's not going to happen though. Not me. And I, I love Justin Jefferson, but how you could just say Justin Jefferson's like the new, the new flavor of the month. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Thielen's still going to get his. Thielen still is going to be one of the top offensive slot weapons in the league. Draft him. The further he falls down the board, the further someone's getting him at a value. I feel like this is literally, this is the reverse of what we were saying about Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Vikings where Adam Thielen was the guy that was like a top 10 option, top 15 option. And then Stefan Diggs was like fell down people's boards and people were drafting him about at a value. Well, people also don't understand that the Vikings could have traded Adam Thielen. They didn't, they traded Stefan Diggs. So obviously they view Adam Thielen as a primary piece of their football team. They're not going to just discard him. No, of course not. So anybody, anybody, anybody who thinks that Adam Thielen is just done, that's just, that that's just stupid. Yeah. That trade kind of a trade really worked out for both parties, huh? If you can get Adam Thielen in the fifth round, God bless you. That 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 would be if you if you're telling me that Adam Thielen is there in the fifth round of a draft and I were to pick him, I would say that's the pick of the draft. Definitely. Adam. Yes. I just had a uh, a maniacal thought that I needed to share. Maniacal thought. Maniacal thought. Somebody, someone, some, some would even call it borderline insane. There's the possibility of T. Higgins being drafted before Adam Thielen. No. If that happens, that's not possible. I will lose my mind. Just letting you know. That's awful. That's the world we're living in. T. Higgins should not be drafted before Adam Thielen. He should not. Thank you so much for coming to my TED Talk today. T. Higgins is currently ranked at 24th overall (laughs) on Fantasy Pros. Not 24th as a receiver on Fantasy Pros, not, not overall. Uh, Adam Thielen is 22. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know why. It, there's got to be some some uh, evil person in the consensus that's just like, I'm going to bring down Adam Thielen and bring up T. Higgins. Oh, my heavenly father. Adam, do you know who Ray Hudson is by any chance? Uh, no, I do not. He's the do – do have you seen the being guy that just goes nuts over Messi? Yes. Oh, magisterial. Okay. Brilliant from the Argentinian wizard. <laughs> it's, I, when I, when I, when I just had my moment there, I just, I immediately write Hudson Poth into my head. Uh, when you said, when you did that, that impression, it sounded like you're about to burst a blood vessel. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bursting blood vessels today. I thought your head was going to explode, but uh, yeah, 
get out of if if Adam Thielen's gonna drop like this, get him at the value. Yeah, absolutely. Get him as low as you possibly can. Let him fall. Let him fall. Let him fall, fall, fall. Because then it just it's just better for you, who actually likes Adam Thielen, and then you could pick him up. London Bridge is falling down. No, no, no. Adam Thielen's falling down. Falling down. <laughs> God. Adam Thielen's falling down. I'll take him in the sixth round. <laughs> maybe maybe a tad bit forced. No, why? How is that forced? It's just, I don't know. It just it doesn't really work. How does it not work? Please share. Please OP, share. do you take constructive criticism? <laughs> How does that work? Please share. It just did no. It just seems like you were kind of looking for you were looking for for a bit to do. Bullshit! You, I never looked gotta, for a bit. You just gotta you gotta let the bit come naturally. Uh, that came very naturally. You said falling down. I thought of London Bridge, and then I thought we were talking about Adam Thielen. Bing okay. bang boom. So my mind works, Adam. Okay. It's the way this noggin works. I understand your thought process. Trust the process. Anyway, uh, here's the the other uh, big pass catcher for the, for the Vikings that people are not talking about. Ka, uh, Kyle Rudolph's gone. He is in New York, New Jersey, whatever. He's in New Jersey with the Giants. He's in New Jersey. He's in New Jersey. He's which in the Netherlands. Which means the world for Alabama product, Irv Smith. Junior. He's beautiful. I love him. I love him. What a beautiful man. He's going to be really good. I think he's going to be a really, really good tight end this season. I love him to infinity and beyond. Sorry, sorry. I love him a lot because apparently if I say infinity and beyond, Adam might think I'm searching, I'm searching for a bit and trying to force it. So I will not make any popular culture references. So apparently you don't take constructive criticism. No, 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 (laughs) no. I thought you were going to say, if I said I loved him to infinity and beyond, we might be sued for copyright infringement by Disney. Fuck Disney. All my homies hate Disney. (laughs) All my homies hate Disney. Yes. (laughs) Mickey Mouse, he can be fired out of a trebuchet. Anyway, Irv Smith Jr. He he's a, he's a solid tight end. He's gonna be he's gonna be pretty good this year. Love him. Um, he's ranked at 15 on Fantasy Pros, and at this point, that's that's great. That's astonishing. Value. That's fantastic. I have I have him at 13. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show but every show under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. And Amazon Music. Uh, later in this week, either Wednesday or Thursday, we're going to be talking about the AFC South. Oh my goodness, that's going to be a lot. That's going to be a biggie. Yeah, and I wonder which team we're going to spend the most time on. Depends. 
there were some there were some things about that team that it seems like everybody's talking about trading for a player and people just forget about what happened a couple that weeks team, ago. That team and that player. That team and I that see. player. I see. We're not using names yet. But people know. I don't know what team you know. Exactly. It'll be a surprise for me too. Yep. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Mr. Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.